What is up, folks? Welcome back to another episode of the MMA Anomaly Show, No Filter. I am your host, Olin, a.k.a. MMA Anomaly. With me, as usual, is my co-host, Jive Turkey Nano. How we doing, Nano? We are doing great on this Friday, Junior. I like to refer to my Thursdays as... Let's go. We Let's lose. go, baby. Big weekend. Great vibes, baby. Let's get it. Good weekend. Great vibes. You already know. You already know. We're super excited about this UFC fight card. We got UFC 291 coming in hot, folks. Uh, Salt this Lake is, City. Dude, Salt Lake City is going to murder some folks for sure on Saturday. That elevation is always a silent killer. Let's and, go. I mean, let's be real. Like, if we're, if we're keeping it completely candid, completely honest here, and you know we always do here at the No Filter Podcast. We we, we don't keep filter it. it. We That's keep right. it raw, unfiltered, uh, as Nano's dad says. Uh, and, and here's <laughs> the thing, folks. This fight card is probably better than International Fight Week's fight card was. I think we can call a spade a spade here. Absolutely, brother. I agree. We were just talking about it offline. By far, you go tip for tat, fighter for per fighter, uh, fight per fight. This main card is just a dream i mean every fight is is worth the ticket of admission absolutely thousand percent um we are going to go ahead and start from the bottom of the card and work our way up to this glorious main card that is arguably the most worth the money pay-per-view i've seen in many many years folks um again like before we actually jump into the fights, let me just say first and foremost, I want to thank everybody that watches this show and this podcast, whether you watch it live or you watch it on, uh, you know, you listen to it on your respective podcast place available on Spotify and Apple podcasts. But the folks that were tuning into Twitch, I actually set up a small charity for St. Jude Children's Research Hospital, and we had a few people that actually donated. And, and just between literally three people, we were able to reach our $100 goal for the St. Jude's Research Hospital. Let's go. Uh, big, big shout out to those folks. The one that got us over the edge was actually Johnny V, old Let's homie go. from back in the Yelp sales days. Round of applause for that guy. Honestly, we really appreciate the donations. And uh, we look forward to all of the next ones that we that we plan to do, right? Uh, Absolutely. So, Keep it moving. Keep it moving, folks. Jumping into, speaking of keeping it moving, jumping into the preliminary fight card here. Um, honestly, there's fights to be celebrated on the early prelims. I won't dive too deep into the weeds here, guys, but Matthew Simmelsberger, a.k.a. Semi the Jedi, uh, he's a beast, and he's coming in against Uros the Doctor Medic, also a beast. We got two dogs going into a dog fight. I mean, there's nothing more to expect other than fireworks and, and a fight where I honestly think the fans are going to win here. Um, Nano, do you have anything to, to kind of add to that one? I'm, I'm sorry if I'm putting you in the in the headlights here with this one. <laughs> not at all, brother. Hey, like you said, like we uh, hyped it up, right? This entire, not just the main card, these preliminary fights and the early prelims. We got pre's on pre's over here, man. We got a bunch of pre everywhere. I mean, like a teenage uh, dorm room, you know what I mean? Uh, but yeah, let's go. Yeah, brother. Uh, this is an exciting one. Uh, Semmelsberger, Smellsberger has a, maybe I like to say in layman's terms, I'm leaning his direction here. You know, he's a little bit more of a switch stance fighter. Uh, I think he he has the reach advantage and, you know, I think he's going to have the takedown advantage as well. Um, but it's gonna be a fun fight. This is definitely going to be one that's going to be fireworks early. Uh, to start us off, I mean, Miranda Maverick is whoever she's fighting is going to be fun as well. But following that up, this is going to be a banger. I'm leaning Smellsberger's direction, though. 
Yeah, same. I really do think that Simmelsberger is going to be the one that gets this one done. Um, I think he is just a a really incredible fighter. And the sky's the limit for him, folks. I I really, uh, truly think that he is one of those guys that could possibly have potential to become a household name. He is 11 and 5, doesn't have a super incredible record, right? But at the same time, he still has a lot of tread left on the tires, in my humble opinion. And I think Eros the Dr. Medic is a really fun stylistic matchup for him. Jumping right into the prelims, guys. I told Nano we were going to jump mostly into the main card. I'm sorry. I fucking We got to dabble. We got to dabble uh, we, a little we gotta bit. We got to dabble, dude. Jake Matthews. Sheesh. I actually, oh, I actually just ordered. So um, UFC, or not UFC, the Panini website, which is who does the UFC trading cards, right? Which, big fan. Um, shout yes. out Drew. Uh, me and him, we Drew's open cards key. together when he comes out here. Um, I'm going to have to get you converted and on the dark side there. But Talk to me now. Dude, I uh, so I actually chatted with Jake Matthews on his Instagram and asked him if I sent him a card, if he'd be down to autograph it. And um, I thought that I had his card, but I did not. So uh, what did I do? I found his card online, I ordered it, and uh, I have it. And then what happened right after International Fight Week, UFC, the Panini cards, they released a couple of new decks. So I order, they basically have these decks that are guaranteed to have an autograph in them. I ordered two of those. They had two different ones. And what did I get but a rated rookie card of fucking Jake Matthews. I also happen to have his address to send him the card, which he was nice enough to DM me and say that he would autograph the card for free if I sent postage. Um, Obviously, I'm going to at least throw enough in that envelope for a beer for the guy. Uh, I think he gets it done this weekend, folks. He's going against a short-notice replacement in Darius Flowers. The original opponent was supposed to be Miguel Beza. If I'm being completely honest, though, Darius Flowers presents a lot more threats than his original opponent, Miguel Beza, did. Um, Darius Flowers is not a household name by any means, but Beast Mode Darius Flowers has more fight experience overall. He's got eight KOs slash TKOs, one submission, and three decisions. And he's on a four-fight win streak right now, coming off of three back-to-back-to-back TKOs. Um, He had two punch TKOs and then a submission to slam TKO on Dana White's Contender Series, for those of you that watched that fun show, against Amaran Gogoladze. Um, Wasn't trying to make you say that name, brother. How do you see (laughs) this fight going? Do you you think Jake gets it done over the short replacement in Darius Flowers, or do you think that Darius Flowers presents some unknown problems? Well, he definitely does present some unknown problems. We have to acknowledge that. We have to give him that uh, benefit of the doubt there. But, man, I love my boy Jake Matthews. It's crazy to think that he's only 28 years old. It's like he's really grown up in the UFC. He's a household name, in my opinion, at least in in our household, that you know we grew up watching these fighters uh, in the octagon. But he's got all the tools, man. I think this is his fight to lose. Darius Flowers, I don't know too much about him. Like you mentioned, it's you know kind of up and down road to get here. Um, and I just don't think he's faced the level of competition that a Jake Matthews has. Interestingly enough, uh, Semmelsberger is uh, Jake Matthews' last opponent. Semmelsberger actually beat Jake Matthews, which I think very highly of my boy Jake. Another reason why I'm probably leaning in his direction uh, as well. But again, I think Jake's going to have all the tools to get it done. He's got the wrestling background. He can stand and bang with you. And I think, again, short notice, a guy on the street, a guy that you could prepare for, or even the champion, whoever it is, he's going to be a tough outing for you. Give me some Jake Matthews. Let's go. 
We love to hear it, baby. We love to hear it. Um, and obviously, we just finished doing one fundraiser for St. Jude's, but I just found out that we're able to do a fundraiser for the Good Fight Foundation. Shout out Dustin Poirier for the humane acts that he does. Um, so we just started up a Dustin Poirier, the Good Fight Foundation fundraiser. Let's go. Let's go. Um, super stoked that we were able to get that going. Um, if my you do so, so feel excited. inclined. <laughs> you love to see it. Nano got up and started throwing uppercuts, guys. For those of you that are listening to just the audio version of this, um, again, don't no no pressure. But if you do so feel inclined to, to donate, please please do. Uh, it's a great charity. He actually just set up a bunch of backpacks to go to um, school kids in need, uh, underprivileged school kids. So he, he does a lot of really really nice things for the South. Um, Again, a lot of things for underprivileged kids. Shout out Dustin Poirier. Uh, he actually won the the award that the UFC gives out every year during the Hall of Fame last year for his his kind acts. So, jumping into this next fight, my goodness, bro, we got we got a we got a Derek Lewis fight on the freaking prelims here. We got Let's Derek go. Lewis Let's coming go. in against Marcos Rogerio de Lima Nano. Tell us how you feel. How do I feel? How do I feel about my boy Hot Balls getting back in the octagon? Let's go. The man with the most knockouts in the heavyweight division, the most stops, the most finishes. Come on, baby. I am excited as all hell. Uh, But I got to be honest, you know, he is uh, he is the underdog, which is interesting to see. He's the dog here. And I'm going to ride with my dog. Okay. now I do got to admit, you know, Marcos, this guy, uh, like my brother's name, he's a problem. He presents a lot of problems in there. More specifically, as a heavyweight, seeing someone that's really good and effective with the leg kicks really puts the brakes on a lot of his opponents, man. Makes him tough to deal with in there. If he gets to the ground, he's also uh, able to drown you. You know, he's got that Brazilian jiu-jitsu background. When he lets the hands fly, they're fun. But ain't no way I'm bending against my dog, okay? He's an underdog. He has the most finishes in the heavyweight division. They're both 38 years old, so it's not like he's going in against some young guy. Which, again, Derek Lewis has lost his last three fights. You got to call a spade a spade. Uh, but in the heavyweight division, every fight's a toss-up. I don't care who you are. You know, Derek Lewis has been an, a staple at the top of the division. He's going to be up there against, uh, what do you think? Dogs. So dogs. I don't, <laughs> dogs. So I don't, I don't hold those losses against him. Um, I mean, again, everybody in those that he's lost to are, are freaking savages, to use the different words, which are dogs. Um so I'm leading I'm with my boy Derek Lewis here. It's not going to be a long fight. If there's an under, probably betting that. But uh, Marcos presents a lot of problems. I mean, he can easily take out his legs. The thing with Derek Lewis is his durability gives me a lot of uh, scare. You know, that keeps me up at night if I'm going to be betting on him because he, he doesn't have the chin like really he's had in the past or if he starts to get swarmed on or get if Marcos takes out a leg and maybe hurts a knee or something, it can be over before it gets started. What do you think, brother? I I completely agree with all your sentiments there. I, uh, I, I really do think that this is a really, really great fight. I think it's a kind of terrifying fight. If I'm being honest, uh, Marcos Rogerio, Marcos Rogerio uh, de Lima has <laughs> a hell of a set of leg kicks on him. And uh, honestly, he's a terrifying opposition to be standing across from for anybody let alone Derek Lewis I think that stylistically this might not be the best matchup in the world for Derek Lewis if I'm being completely candid but I also think that this is something that uh Derek Lewis 
needs, right? Like he needs a win against somebody that is still somewhat a contender. And that is definitely someone he's going against and, and Rogerio DeLima here this Saturday. That being said, I think Derek Lewis has one punch power in either hand that he decides to throw. And the way that he's able to set up those, those shots is brilliant. He sets them up with the feet and uh, he has this kind of brilliant ability to stand up if he's been taken down um, without using proper form. He's just like, I don't want to be here anymore. I'm going to stand up now. So if, if Rogerio DeLima is able to land some takedowns on him, I don't know how effective he's going to be able to be on top and with maintaining that control position. Um, gun to my head, probably taking Derek Lewis. No gun to my head, probably not betting on this heavyweight fight. You never want to, right? The heavyweights are tough. You, you probably want to uh, stay away from them. I mean, you are getting good good odds with... Uh... With Marcus De Lima, obviously he's a minus two thirty favorite, so a little bit on the heavier side. Um, so I mean, again, I like Derek. You're going to get decent odds there at plus one ninety. Hey man, it's it's flipping a coin, or if maybe you're going to parlay it there. I, I mean, why not? Why not throw a little bit on it? I, I I might, you know, you might see a bet come through on my end here for a little, little small one. My boy Hotballs uh, make a make a path to victory. So we'll see. It's a tough one I'll though. You see. might want we'll to stay away see. though. It's that's the thing is it's kind of volatile, man. So are you leaning Marcus Marcos then, or what do you? I, I'm you? leaning Derek Lewis just because okay, I bet okay. with my heart like a fucking idiot. Um, <laughs> hey man, that's, here we are. So we do. That's what we do. Put it on our sleeve, baby. Put on our sleeve. You know, I, I mean, I have great insight. Like, listen to me when I speak with my brain. Don't follow me on my bets, folks. <laughs> <laughs> that's just right. keeping it real, keeping it candid here. Um, moving right on down the line, the the main event of the prelims Ooh. is the uh, better Bonfim brother, in my humble opinion. We got Gabriel Bonfim coming in against Trevin Giles. This is a pretty solid fight. Uh, I'll let you go ahead and take the lead on this one. Brother, I mean, again, like you said, uh, solid fight, and it's a solid fighter that we're talking about here. A solid prospect, Gabriel Bonfim, someone we've talked about way back here a few months ago. If you were uh, a loyal listener, appreciate you. But again, this is somebody who, again, has had some very good outings here in the UFC. But now the question is, can he go out and do it against some more notable names, against a, another class, another tier of uh, top talent here in the division? And so they got him against the Trevin, Trevin Giles, who, in my opinion, is very beatable. I mean, a great fighter, not a tin can, you know, not just a body. He's not some made up fighter. He's a huge lights out on any given Sunday. Um, but he is somebody who is very hittable, someone who has been dropped by Adricus Duplessis, who, as you know, that that is aged well. Obviously, he's someone who is supposed to be fighting Izzy Adesanya very soon, but We'll see about that. Injuries uh, given. Maybe that's some UFC news we can chat about here towards the end. Uh, but Love that aside, I think this is going to be a coming out party for my boy Gabriel. Gabriel Bonfim. Gabriel. Um, again, the better better the better the brother out of the two. Um, frankly, I think he's just more talented, more well-rounded. Uh, I think he might get a knockout here, to be honest. Take it to the main. You bank. know, I'm, I'm not mad at that. I'm definitely not mad at that uh, prediction for sure. I think that that's a fun one. Um, I think he could definitely get a knockout here. I also think that he could end up getting a submission. I don't think it's crazy to think that he could get a submission here against Trevin the Problem Giles. That wasn't always his nickname, right? Didn't he used to be five-star Giles? Or am I tripping? <laughs> Maybe. 
Maybe, maybe I, feel I like doubt I, it. His nickname used to be Five Star. I feel like, am I old? What's happening to my brain? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I, I is swear it to one God, of those? I, uh, the uh, is not the problem. Maybe it was. Oh, I don't know. I don't think. I don't think. I don't think that was always his name. Um, it was we like got, an alternate we got universe. Like, Z um, gaming the in Bernstein. the chat right now. What's up? What's up? Uh, by the way, up, I was brother? in a uh, quick story. Quick story before I go over my breakdown for the Gabriel Bonfim fight. I was actually in Z's live uh, on Twitch earlier this week, and he was talking on his live about our live. Um, and dude. He he literally was calling you Live Jive, and I thought that that was a great nickname. That's the best. I think Dude, I might have mentioned jive. it. <laughs> the Live Jive hour, baby. I think <laughs> I might have mentioned the Jive turkey coming from your live. Makes sense. It makes Dude, sense. He was he was literally talking about how he likes our flow. We have a great flow together, and then he's like, "You and you and Live, I like to call him Live Jive." <laughs> I'm like, "Dude, that's actually a great name." <laughs> live Jive, baby. We live, live Jive, we jive baby. Live Jive, Let's go. baby. Let's go. Appreciate you, Z. <laughs> Let's go, baby. Let's get baby. it, baby. Honestly. Let us know your picks. Let us know what you in think. the world. Yeah, Absolutely, dude, let man. us know your picks. We're about to get into this main card, and it is a straight banger. But before we do, I got I to gotta give my take here on undefeated. Again, I say this with, with a Salt Bay grain of salt here, folks. The undefeated Gabriel Bonfim coming in against Trevin Giles. I think, like I said, grain of salt here. He's the better Bonfim brother. That's not saying the other Bonfim is bad at all. He's a fucking beast. But Gabriel Bonfim is just a different kind of animal, folks. And I really, truly think that he has something planned for Trevin, the problem, Giles. Uh, Coming in at 16 and four, he is two and two in his last four, having losses to Drickus Duplessis, as you nicely pointed out, as well as Michael Morales. He's been KO'd by both of those guys. And I mean, he's coming off of two decision wins. However, his opponent is coming off of three back-to-back submissions. And before that, what was it but a KO and two more, or sorry, yeah, a KO and two more submissions. My God, the man is a submission factory, folks. And that is a terrifying threat for somebody like Trevin Giles, who has been put on his back before and has shown issues with submissions being submitted by Zach Cummins and G3, Gerald the III, folks. Um, both of those submissions were guillotines, which, again, not trying to downplay a guillotine, but a guillotine is a very rudimentary, simple submission. You know what I mean? Like, there's, there's a couple of different ways you can pull it, especially if someone's shooting in on you. I think if he ends up getting rocked on the feet by a very strong, very game Gabriel Bonfim, it could spell disaster for him. If he shoots a sloppy takedown, he's going to get that neck taken and he's going to get submitted very early on. I'm calling a first or second round submission for this one, folks. I'd agree. I'd be surprised if it was a second round, in my opinion. I think as soon as they start moving and grooving out there, you know, as the drive turkey likes to say, um, yeah, I think uh, Gabriel will find a way to get it to the ground, get to a favorable position. And I just don't think um, Gals has enough for him when it gets there. You're talking about a specialist at this point. Yep. Undefeated. He's going to keep it moving. That's the main car leading us in right to this exciting main car, baby. Let's go. Man, this first one, I I, I wish we could skip. I really do. There's two of them I honestly wish we could skip because there are two fights that I hate to talk about. And and I hate to talk about them for the same exact reason, folks. It's because in this game, like most sports, there has to be a winner and there has to be a loser. And you fucking hate to see it when you love both men going into the fight. That yeah. is the case with the next two fights we're going to talk about, folks. We got Michael Chiesa 
the Tough Live Wonder. There was only ever one season of Tough that was shot live. That young man was on it. He prevailed even after losing a very, very close loved one to him. He lost his father the day he made it into the Tough House. Fought through that and then continued to win the fucking season. The guy's a stud. He kind of looks like Jesus Christ. Bless his soul. And he's coming in. Incredible beard. He's got an incredible beard. He's coming in against none other than Big Mouth. When you need something done, what do you do? You pick up the phone and you call (laughs) Big Mouth, folks. That's what you do. So we got Kevin Holland coming in. He's fighting Michael Chiesa. It's a scary fight. It's a scary proposition. Um, I'll go ahead and let you take the lead on this one, Nano, because I got a lot to say. I appreciate it, brother. I'll let you take us home. But yeah, this is a tough one, man. This is a hard one to judge for me. Like you said, I like both guys as fighters. As humans, they're both you know different individuals, but you got to love them both for who they are, right? They're both authentic. They're both unique. They both bring, bring different things to the game here. And that's exactly what we're going to see on Saturday. Uh, I feel like, you know, Kevin Holland, big mouth. He's never in a bad fight, you know, for better or worse for himself. He's a dangerous man in the octagon and mostly on his feet, as we've seen. Right. Uh, again, we got our, our guy, Michael Chiesa, somebody who has historically uh, been known to obviously be a ground game specialist, um, kind of a tweener. Right. He started off his career as a lightweight, but now has really grown into his frame. And this is a solid welterweight, in my opinion. Um, he's a great analysis He's been hurt, unfortunately. So that's my big question is, is that ring rust going to show? Because it's tough, man. It's really tough at this level. It's tough when you're someone who I feel like Michael Kez is kind of one dimensional. And I only say that because... What up, JJ Smoke? Welcome to the chat, brother. Glad to see you back as always. Great to see you, brother. Let us know what you think about this main card. Let me know how uh, stupid I sound. But again, I just think Michael Kez at 35 years old injuries in the past he's focused on his uh commentary game and is being a ufc analyst maybe a little bit more than being a fighter uh and i just think he's maybe a little bit too one-dimensional though i think he's strong and though i think if it gets to the ground he can certainly find a way to submit holland but i just think holland man big mouth kevin holland's just been too active i think kevin holland is just too quick on his feet he gave someone like Wonderboy Thompson, who is, you know, I hold in the highest regard. He gave him problems, man. He had him rocked a couple of times through that fight. So I, I just feel that Kiz is not going to have a chance to to get inside. He's going to kind of bounce around, maybe like he did in that Luke fight, just bounce around, bounce around, throw a jab, a one-two, try to shoot. Kevin Holland's going to be ready for that. I'm assuming he's been doing his homework. As active as Kevin Holland's been, he's been talking about, hey, I'm going to get the ground game up. I know how to beat people up on the feet. And I mean, he beats Santiago Pontaniva with just one hand, really, you know, as someone was trying to shoot. So, again, I like what I'm seeing from Kevin Holland, big mouth. He's a younger guy here. He has no momentum. I think his trajectory is up. He's getting better. He's still fast. He holds good against, a, you know, someone like Michael Chiesa. I just I haven't seen it from him. You know, this is not a good matchup for Michael Chiesa, that is. As much as I love him as a guy, as a fighter, I think he's just a little too one-dimensional, and I think Kevin's going to... He might put him out. That's his best chance of victory. He might put him out, man. Maybe like a TKO style, or maybe he gets on the ground, chokes him out, you know, treats him like that guy in the uh, in the uh, Waffle House that, you know, tried to rob the place, and he, you know, took the gun and ch- choked him unconscious. He might do something like that. Yeah, I agree with JJ Smoke, man. It's not looking good for my boy Chiesa, and I like him. 
I, he's a great guy, but talk to me. What do you think? I'm a, I'm a big fan. I'm a big, big fan of Michael Chiesa. I have been for many, many years now. The Maverick, I literally went to Muay Thai today wearing a Top Gun shirt. Got a compliment from the coach that's ex-Navy nice. or possibly current Navy. Um, makes sense that he would compliment me on a Top Gun shirt. Go Navy. Uh, <laughs> but Michael, the Maverick Chiesa coming in against Kevin Big Mouth Holland. I mean, this is a crazy fight. And you got Kevin Holland coming in on a two fight skid. He just lost to Vicente Luque and Sean Brady. He got Bravo choked out by Vicente Luque and lost the Yunnan decision to Sean Brady, who then went on to lose by getting knocked out by Bilal Muhammad. Um, this is a crazy, crazy, scary fight, if my in my opinion, for Michael Chiesa. His biggest wins in the last few years or in the last, honestly, like six years are over Carlos Condit, Diego Sanchez, and Rafael Dos Santos, who are basically all retired. Uh, so it's tough, man. I got to agree with you and JJ Smoke as much as I really don't want to hear that if he does not get him down, it is a wrap. However, JJ Smoke threw in the chat, Holland has trash wrestling, so I think Kiesa will get the sub in the second round. I'm not mad at it, folks. The odds on that are pretty damn nice, too, so... Maybe lock that one in. Maybe hedge your bet and throw a money line bet on Holland for the same amount that you throw on that just to you know cover your losses. But um, here's the thing. I think it's either going to be a submission via Chiesa or a knockout via Holland. Super intrigued by the matchup. I think it's a styles make fights kind of show. And uh, I mean, the, the biggest thing here is going to be the reach disadvantage for Michael Chiesa too. He's got a five and a half inch reach disadvantage against a prolific unorthodox striker like Kevin Holland spells disaster. Yeah. And again, he's going to want to get it to the ground. How is he going to get there? Right. He, he and again, Kiesa is not really fluid on his feet. He doesn't have great boxing. He doesn't have great. Yeah. I mean, maybe, maybe work the elbows in, but he's no, 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 saying nasty. he's going to eat elbows, bro. Like he's going to big, I mean, uh, that's what he's going to be Holland's looking gonna at. Big yeah. Brother him. He's going to yeah. do this and then, Yep. Just come across. Chip away at him. Throw that that jab, that hook. Oh, okay. too fast for him. Hold on, folks. For oh, those of you that are not watching the video production the here, here we the go. Black Hato just came into the chat. Coming in hot, folks. Further elaborate um, on our point. Let's go. Dude, doesn't Holland have a BJJ black belt under Travis Luter? You're not fucking wrong, Hato. You're not wrong. I know you're right about it. I know you're right about it. <laughs> I know that. I know that. Come on. That's true. Hey, man, a black belt's a black belt, right? I mean, Garcia. granted. <laughs> Garcia. What's the wrestling, I think, with Holland, right? I think once he's on the ground, if he's on his back, he is he's good. He's long. You know, Holland, he, he has those All right, skills. Hold on. JJ Smoke said in the chat, everyone <laughs> has a black belt. And, you know, to caveat that, I got to quote somebody who I've met personally, Islam Makhachev, who said, who gives these guys their black belt? I gotta, I gotta, we gotta find this guy and take his black belt. Oh, so like, there's a lot of people that don't deserve their black belt. It really does depend That's on facts. who gave you your black belt. But Travis Luter is a pretty good name, and if if he did earn a black belt under Travis Luter, then I mean, he's a beast. There's a reason he's being able to take out how many criminals with weapons. Jiu-Jitsu, folks, grappling. Um, let's just see if he can use it in the fights whenever someone has better grappling or better wrestling. I do think that he suffers against people that have strong chain wrestling because chain wrestling is like, it's like rock, paper, scissors. And that is the paper to the rock. That is BJJ. Like if you have BJJ skills, you have a rock, but if you have chain wrestling, you have paper, dude. 
And it doesn't make sense for paper to beat rock, but it, that's just the fucking way the game goes. That's how it works. <laughs> the math may not add up, but it's still numbers. <laughs> that paper's going to wrap your shit up. And, um, you know, you're like, oh, oh, I can get a triangle from here. And then all of a sudden they're in fucking side control and you're like, ah, what do I do? They're going to crucifix me in three seconds. Yep, I'm done. I'm passing out. <laughs> There's levels to it. That's 100%, right? I mean, even if you're black, better or not, I mean, Kieza on the ground, I mean, he's an artist. He's a specialist. So it, there's not a lot of favorable positions that, you know, Kevin wants that can he can get to, regardless if he's on his back or even if he's on top. I mean, he doesn't want to get there. He wants to put Michael's lights out, doesn't want to let him get there early. And I think that's a big thing, right? All these fights, you start off standing up, you know, that's the truth. Um, so as long as they are not dry and he doesn't get in there immediately and get control and get Kevin off his game. I think Kevin's going to find a way to put him out. Let's go. Let's go. But it's a pick em. It's close, man. I mean, it's close odds. It's a pick em. It's close odds. And honestly, it is. I'd be happy if Michael won. Yep. I'll be happy if Michael won too, but I'll also be happy if if Kevin wins. My goodness. I'm so fucking excited about this fight card. I'm choking on my words here, folks. (laughs) Um, Jumping into the next fight. I'm going to throw a poll up on the Twitch. If you're watching that Twitch live stream, Tony Ferguson coming in against Bobby Green. We're going to go ahead and throw up a little five-minute poll. Go ahead and vote on that. Let us know who you think wins. Super curious to see. Um, But before we get those poll results, uh, Nano, who you got, man? You got El Kakui or you got the king, Bobby Green? Oh, man. My my mind's saying one thing. My body's telling me another, brother. My mind's telling me no. (laughs) But my my body, body, my body. (laughs) Telling me, yeah. oh baby, that was good. You hit that. I'm, I'm nervous now. Uh, no, this is definitely. <laughs> I'm getting ready. We have a we have a team sales uh, thing, and we usually do karaoke. Oh, I say go, usually. Brother. We've only done it one time, but I assume they're probably going to make us do it again. So and it's a thing now. It's a thing. Warming up the pipes. Yeah, Dude. absolutely. Love it, brother. You're ready. Um, yeah, this oh, is we definitely got more. Drew in the chat. Hold up, hold up. We got a Mystic Drew prediction, folks. Oh my gosh, it's been a while. It has been a long while since we had a Mystic Drew. It's it's the return, guys. Mystic Drew popped into the chat and has a Mystic prediction. He says, return of the DOS joke. Yeah. for sure, maybe. Um, uh, yeah. So I mean, I, I I I can't disagree with them. I'm not mad at it. The Darce choke. God, dude, I I might very Such well piss one. my pants if he if he welcomes him to the Darce side. Ooh. But he has to slice and dice with those razor blades while wearing the shades before he does that. Nano, <laughs> how do you see this fight playing out, man? We got blades and shades coming in against a man in a freaking bulletproof vest. <laughs> I know, man. This is a fun one, right? This is a little more vintage El Kukui, right? Definitely a little bit more of a better matchup that I'd like to see him in. Let's be honest. I mean, although El Kukui and Tony had his day at the top, you got to start feeding him. You got to stop feeding him against all these freaking guys, right? Yes, he has five losses in a row, right? But if we go down the the name of the people real quick, I mean, we're talking about Gaethje, who is one of the baddest motherfuckers in the world. He's Dog. going up for that belt. Dog. Uh, 
Charles Oliveira, Charles Dog. Olives, freaking savage, Daug. Uh, Benil Dariush, also Daug. Michael Chandler, one of the biggest dogs of them all. Uh, he's kind of a dog. He's kind of basically a dog. Basically a dog. And Nate Diaz, just one of my favorites. I mean, come on. I got a poster behind me. What are we talking about? I mean, he's a dog. He's a dog. So I don't, and I don't hold those against my boy Tony Ferguson here. I just think, you know, it needs to be going up against a different caliber fighter. And Bobby King Green is exactly that, right? Uh, you know, you're, you're, you're Kmart version of a Tupac up there. He was excited, looking like 50 Cent with the uh, vest, all red. He had the uh, rep in the Salt Lake City, I think, like minor league team or something with the red hat. Of course, they block it off because UFC, you know, doesn't want any logos, of course. Um, But back to the fight. Honestly, I think this is one that is definitely going to be fun. There's a little bit of banter, a little extra juice behind it. Uh, But I do think Bobby is a good dance partner for Tony. I think this is his best chance to get a victory while he's still in the UFC. Maybe he could go out on top and just, you know, right off in the sunset. Although Tony's talking about trying to get to a title shot again. So he's a little delusional still, which is not great to hear. Uh, But I will say Bobby Green's best pack the victory is uh, his boxing defense, right? He utilizes that Philly shell better than maybe most people do in the entire UFC. One of the best at it. Uh, And he has some heavy hands, man. He's got that ferocity to him, right? He's got violence in his blood. He wants to go out and take his freaking head off. Like, he's not going out there and trying to point fight with them. He's thinking one thing only. He's thinking violence, right? Especially after a little bit of juice that, uh, you know, Tony might have added to it, calling him scared or saying he had fear in his eyes. Uh, but I felt like Bobby Green, his style, it's like a Venus flytrap. Again, that that Philly, Philly shell counter and, uh, you know, get you when you're exposed or not expecting it. So can he do that to Tony Ferguson? Probably. <laughs> but I'm going to lean El Kukui. I'm hoping that we see a vintage version of him where he's able to mix it up. Um, again, you know, he's not going up against Michael Chandler. He's not going up against Charles Oliveira. He's not going up against Gaethje or Nick D- uh, Nate Diaz. Again, he's going up against a Bobby King Green, who is very hittable. That defense is good, but he's someone that's willing to go out on his shield. So I'm hoping he can stretch out a victory. Maybe those cuts, those elbows, they can slice and dice and make it nasty. That's his best path to victory, but I'm probably going to end up taking a shot here. I just can't bet against my boy El Kukui. I'm hoping he wins. But tell me how wrong I am, brother. What do you think? Oh, JJ Smokes got it. Bobby, third round TKO, sadly. And Drew pointed out an even better stat here. A lot of interim lightweight champions on this card fighting. That's a great point. Um, I mean, this is just a great card top to bottom, folks. This a lot of talent. A really, really fun one. Um, I, I Before I even jump into my breakdown, I got to mention, you, you said a word in your breakdown there. You said the word juice. And that just prompted me. It is our guy, Ian Juice Miller's birthday. Shout out, Ian Juice Miller. Let's Happy go. Happy motherfucking birthday, guy. Happy birthday to Juice. <laughs> Happy birthday to Juice. Happy birthday, birthday dear Juice, Juice. guy. <laughs> Happy birthday to Juice. Juice. Um, seriously though, happy, I hope you had a great fucking birthday juice. This guy actually, birthday, fights. he's a real fighter. Um, he's a real we guy. actually have been friends for quite some time now and just met in person for the first time right after UFC 290 in Vegas, um, uh, went for a nice little go. walk, grabbed some pizza, had nice. some, uh, drinks. Some it was a good time, man. Some Hell yeah. 
And uh, his training partner has a Captain America shield tattoo uh, bigger than mine. I will admit, whoa, he's a smaller guy with a bigger shield. And I got to tell you, it ain't the size of the shield that matters. It's the man holding the fucking braces. So, uh, you know, nice, nice shield, bro. But, uh, you know, I'm actually now trying to fight with that guy. He's a much better grappler than me. And he'd probably just go, <laughs> yeah, but hey, that's cool. I like the commitment, though. Right on. I'd, I'd, I'd like to do some stand up sparring with him, possibly. I think it'd be fun, um, though. His cauliflower ear and general um, look of having great cardio begs to differ jumping into this actual fight though we got tony ferguson coming in against an absolute stud in bobby king green as you said a who's who of who he's lost to justin gaethje charles olives Benil dariush michael chandler nate diaz and then before that he had a hell of a fucking run he beat gleason tibau josh thompson from aka first fighter i ever met fun fact at Red Robin back when I was working there. Edson Barbosa, Lando, groovy Lando Fanata. That was a fun fight. That was a really fun fight. Lando had him hurt a couple times, folks, but he ended up ultimately getting Bravo choked by the stud, who Drew thinks is going to welcome this man to the dark side. I don't think Drew's that wrong, to be honest with you. I think Bobby Green is a very, very skilled boxer, possibly one of the most skilled boxers in the UFC under the Dustin Poirier's of the world. That being said, you can have the best boxing in the world, but if a man has great grappling, you're in trouble. And Tony Ferguson brings very high-level grappling to the table. I think that he can and will get a submission win on Bobby Green. Is that the fangirl in me? Absolutely. Is that me being a Tony Ferguson fan? Yeah, absolutely, dude. Um, I'm here for the embeddeds where he crawls down the stairs on all fours and does crazy shit and brings a baseball to the fucking weigh-ins. Bring it on. Give me all the crazy Tony antics. And uh, I'm here to pray to God that he wins and sells off into the sunset. But likely, even if he wins, we'll watch him take another four L's before he retires. Yeah, he's not going anywhere. He's going to be here for a while. You know, I mean, granted, again, let's not keep him in the top, you know, 15 much longer. Again, if he continues to lose, obviously. But again, he's a, he's a fan favorite. He's someone that is willing to go out there. Uh, this is what he does, obviously. I mean, again, he was an ultimate fighter champion uh, or winner, I should say, uh, back with Brock Lesnar. That was a fun season. Um, but yeah, all around, I think he, he has the tools, man. He's somebody that can hurt you. He has. I'm just worried about the durability. I was going to say, I don't know how much durability he has left, but he's certainly someone that can put you out or hurt you. And um, Bobby Green's willing to trade with them. And again, they're both on the older side. They're both on the back nine of their career. So anything can happen. Yeah, you're definitely not wrong there, man. Anything can definitely happen in this kind of fight, and uh, I am here for it. I'm oh, it's a sick emoji. Uh, yeah, man. It actually does the thumbs up on, on Twitch. It's pretty sick. Nice. Yeah, I did that. <laughs> I did that. It's, it's, from, it's from the old uh, Marvel versus Capcom 1 game. <laughs> oh, the OG original. <laughs> Yeah, he just hits the thumbs up. It's dope as fuck. It's like the simplest 8-bit animation, but I'm like, I can I can render that and turn that into an emoji for Twitch, and I'm going to do it. That's sick. Yeah, I would have uh, that. So here we are. Um, also, we did get a little a little tiny donation for the Good Fight Foundation, so uh, that means we got to pour up a shot before we go into the next fight here. And that next fight is a fucking banger, guys. we got three oh more fights gosh. to go over here, but the next one is one I'm excited about. Steven Wonderboy Thompson coming in against Michelle Pajeda. Um, Pajeda. Every time I say the name Michelle, Michelle, 
Michelle, I think of dodgeball. And of course, you've already met my fitness consigliere, Michelle. Michelle. That's Bro. my favorite. Now you're my bitch, Michelle. <laughs> Laser. Blazer. Laser. Taser. Laser. Taser. And I believe you met my associate, Michelle. And now, our newest addition, <laughs> all the way from uh, Slovakia. Russian or Slovakian uh, dodgeball champion. <laughs> Four times in a row. Oh, uh, Slovak Akalic. So, Zakachan, Chikisiksa. Whatever it was. Crazy name. Uh, I mean, if I that movie was, can we all just agree that if that movie were made in 2023, her last name would have been Nurmagomedov? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, Olga Nurmagomedov. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Three time Dagestani be. dodgeball champion. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's right, the so best. Cheers to the Good Fight Foundation. Let's go. Cheers to charity, folks. You might actually oh my think gosh, this is cranberry juice, but it's the blood of my enemies. I looked it up because I didn't want to be wrong. So it's Fran Stalin Stalinovskovich oh Davidovsky. <laughs> Fran Stalinovskovich Davidovsky. <laughs> Stalinovskovich. Okay, it is. <clears throat> I'm gonna I'm gonna try and put on my my best John Anik cap here and get this right. <clears throat> oh my gosh! It is Fran Stalinovich Gadavidichki. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> that's that's as great as as good as you can get right there. I mean, like, folks, I'm just gonna copy and paste this name. And this is why you tune chat. in, right? This because is this, this is no filter. This is ridiculous. <laughs> This name is incredible. Um, So this is the name in question, folks. (laughs) (laughs) When you put it out in writing, it looks even more absurd. How many letters is that last name? Come on. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Oh, and Ben Stiller didn't win the Oscar that year? Come on. Stalinovskis. Davidovskovich. Stalinovskovich. Stalinovskovich. Davidovskovich. Stalinovskovich. Stalinovskovich. Dude. Yeah, but- that's it. Um, oh jumping gosh. into the fight here, guys. We got Wonderboy Thompson, who honestly is one of my favorite fighters to watch. And if there's a BMF belt, there has to be an NMF belt, folks. Schmo asked about it. I mean, hey, why not? I wish Dana was there. Maybe he could have pressured him a little bit more. But what is John Anna going to say? Which I do say I wish Sean Anik just does those moving forward in general. I don't think I need to see Dana White there all the time now. But I would I would rather see John doing it every single time. Yeah. And I wish he could give a little bit more of an analysis. I don't know if he's behind the desk. This well, I'm assuming he is. It's a pay per view. I'm assuming him he and is. Joe and he DC. Is. So maybe that's why he can't say as much. But I was hoping he'd let a little bit more loose, give a little bit more commentary on some of the fights. But I get it. He has to kinda not choose, you know, just kind of lay it out. I mean, he has out. to stay an innocent bystander, but if you actually want a really, really good podcast to watch, other than this one, I'm not trying to send you somewhere else, but when you're not add watching us, add it to the rotation, the Anik Florian podcast, as well as John Anik's twin brother, Remember the Show. He actually does a podcast with Law Muhammad called Remember the Show. It's a fantastic watch. It's a fantastic listen. 
It's also a fucking mind fuck because he looks just like John Anik, but he has hair probably down to the middle of his back. Yeah, he'll have the man bun, but it's a full set of hair there. It's a full. He's got the the young Jesus, the carpenter thing going for him. It's real nice. Uh, you did ask if John Anik is going to be making the call uh, on the commentary. He is. He's going to be the major action guy calling alongside Joe Rogan and My UFC boy. Hall of Famer and former two division champion Daniel Cormier. Let's and of go. course, Megan Olivia, as usual, will be handling the reporting duties as she does the best in the biz. Absolutely. Um, the only thing that can make this better is if we did have a Laura Sanko on the card. I love having that female voice on color commentary. And, and it's not even a feminism thing. It's a fact that she fucking does grappling and she has great descriptive qualities when it comes to breaking down the grappling exchanges. Just please, God, don't put her on another broadcast with Michael Bisping. I hate the way that he comments with her. It's just fucking awful. It's too um, much. And if I'm being honest, I do think she has really good uh, chemistry with DC and honestly, Joe there as yes. well. I think she has enough of the social IQ to just interject when need be. You know, add her, add her two cents or take over when she feels like, you know, she can talk through a position. But that's and the that's best the way to interject her like into that lineup. Oh, yeah. No, I was just saying that's the best way to interject her into that lineup, into the pay-per-view, you know, kind of mindset. Because, again, she, you know, she's kind of in select, um, I guess, fight nights so far. But, again, you know, get her in the public eye. And why not add another just set of eyes? That, again, she, she has a very insightful um, outlook. And again, I think she has enough social awareness and good chemistry with DC to make it just as fun. What no, absolutely. You say I mean, I was just going to say, like, I think that you, you couldn't be more right. I think this is the best kind of development for her is to get her on one pay-per-view across the year. Give her a chance. She's crushing it on fight nights. Don't keep doing her dirty and putting her with Michael Bisping. I think that her and DC actually have really good chemistry. I'd like to see what happens if we remove Joe Rogan and Michael Bisping from the equation and have a DC, John Anik, and Laura Sanko broadcast. I think that that would be a really, really great three-person team. I think they'd vibe very well off of each other. And I think if I'm being wholeheartedly honest, it would probably be one of the better all-star teams that we've seen since the golden age of Mike and Goldie. Ooh. Or sorry, Joe, Joe and Goldie. Yeah, I mean, Joe and Goldie were, yeah, definitely something different. But no, Anik, DC, and Joe definitely bring a great element to it. Three, obviously better than the two. You can make a case. And hey, even four at times, maybe you dabble with it. I don't think that's too congested, especially if John Anik is really mostly there just to kind of lead, be the MC. You know, he's not really interjecting. I mean, mostly throughout the fight, I will admit. But having, you know, Lauren as another angle or for, to help add commentary to, you know, whatever... DC or Joe are looking at or might not be able to see. I think it'd be fun. You know, it's a good dynamic. But again, again, because let's be realistic. Joe isn't going to be doing it. He's mentioned not wanting to do it years ago. Like he's like, it doesn't make sense for me to be doing it now. But he still does. He loves it, obviously. And but I honestly think not... that Laura Sanko is the voice to replace Joe Rogan. Exactly. Someone has to. And she's polished. She's fun. She's got good uh, again, chemistry, yeah, excited. She got good chemistry with with DC, who again, you're not going to remove him. He's fun. He's polished. He's he's dialed in. He's him. Anik Senko would be a fun one. Maybe maybe you set that up this year, hopefully. But yeah, man, call uh, great commentators calling some great fights, man. And we got another one, great one. We need to break down here, brother. I mean, so another Thompson, pick another right, freaking pick em, man. All right, I'm going to jump <laughs> into it. I'm going to stop in. dodging the question here. <laughs> We got Stephen Wonderboy Thompson coming in thoughts? against Michelle Demolidor Pajeda. 
Um, this is this is a great fight, guys. Like this should be a pick'em. It's uh, 17 and six coming in against 28 and 11. You would think that the 28 and 11, the more experienced fighter, would be Stephen Wonderboy Thompson, but you would be wrong, folks. The more experienced fighter here is actually Michelle Pereira, but. Stephen Wonderboy Thompson has obviously fought the tougher opposition, and that's why I got to agree with J.J. Smoke here. Wonderboy should win this one pretty easily. I mean, Michelle Pereira, he, he's flashy. He's exciting. He has wins over Zalim Imadov, Kalen Williams, a.k.a. Chaos Williams, Nico Price, Andre Fialo. I didn't think he won that fight against Nico Price, being candid. Uh, and Santiago Ponzinibbio also didn't think he won that fight over him. Before then... He was on a two-fight losing streak against Tristan Connolly, who's someone you've never heard of that does the CG filming or the mocap filming for the EA Sports games because he lives in Canada and is close to the studio and they ask him for help and they know that he's an MMA fighter. He stepped up on short notice and fought Michelle Pereira and beat him. He outgrappled him because Michelle Pereira gassed himself backstage throwing 28 flying fucking knees. I don't know what his thoughts were, but... What are you doing? And then after that, he lost to Diego Sanchez. Why? A DQ, an illegal knee. He's just, he has a, a very, very skilled motion set. He's able to throw crazy spinning back wheel kicks. He can jump off the cage and throw flashy shit. But when it all boils down to is the fact that he's his fight IQ and his shot selection are just not there. They're simply not UFC caliber. And that's why I think Stephen Wonderboy Thompson wins this fight fairly easily. He got a TKO stoppage or a corner stoppage over Kevin Holland at the end of round four. I think that this fight doesn't go three rounds. I would assume Wonderboy gets the finish probably late in round two. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I I think I'm, I'm going to disagree there. I think it's probably going to go decision more likely than not. If it does not go decision, I think that means that Michel actually ends up putting out Wonderboy. Now, to break it down a little bit more here, this is an extremely fun. Hey, man, this is I, I'm not leaning for it, but it's a pick 'em, right? I mean, the odds would say this is not a, um, this is not a heavy favorite by any means. It's extremely fun fight stylistically. We got the karate master in Stephen Wonderboy Thompson going up against a black belt karate, um, a black belt in karate as well. Or I don't know how to interpret that. But Michel comes from that same discipline. He's also a karate-esque style. When you watch him fight, I mean, man, to be honest, uh, Michel reminds me of uh, your little cousin that takes the controller over and he ends up fighting you against in uh, UFC or Tekken, Mortal Kombat or Street Fighter, one of those fighter uh, games. You know, he he fights like (laughs) your little cousin would against you. Throwing random jumping, spinning kicks, and doing somersaults in the octagon, and then end up gassing yourself out. Michelle is definitely a flashy and fun, borderline ridiculous fighter. Um, you know, he is ranked 15th, going up against, again, a seasoned veteran in Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. He's 40 years old. That's my biggest worry here. Um, although he is older. He continues to prove doubters wrong. Stephen Wonderboy Thompson continues to uh, beat Father Time, and it's and it's in that sty- uh, point style fighting, you know, that karate style, keeping your uh, your defender at bay, and, and just doing enough each round to to win, you know, the exchanges. Now, again, going up against someone like Michelle, who's coming from that same background, can he still point 
fight and win. Um, can he avoid the heavy hands that Michelle's going to bring? Because when he's focused and he's not doing all the crazy sh- bullshit, he's a fucking strong guy and he comes out there and he yeah. hurts people. So, and he's 29 years old, you know, again, wonder boys on he's 40. He, he, I don't know how, how long can you do this? Right. I mean, again, Kevin Holland did have him hurt a couple times. So I do think the power, I do think the age is going to be kind of the X factor here. Um, you know, our Wonder Boy skills that much better than a Michelle Pajera, who again is coming from the same karate background, who's just a young, springy dude. It's tough. I'm leaning Wonder Boy. I'm probably going to bet Wonder Boy, but it's a pick 'em, right? It's not, it's not huge it really odds. I mean, it's it's not huge. Seven to fifteen, odds. it doesn't feel that way. You know, seven in ranking, fifteen in ranking. It's closer than you think. Curious to hear your thoughts, brother. But it's close. <sighs> I mean, I mean. My, my thoughts are, are, as I said, I think Stephen Thompson wins this one in the second round. Uh, I, I do think that it That's should right. be a pick em. I think it should be very close. But I uh, I also think that judging by the experience, the body of work, and, and just the sheer career so far, Stephen Thompson has everything he needs to take this fight to deep waters and, and really yeah. just drown his opponent. Yeah. Um, dunk his head in the water and, and make him struggle. I think that's going to be the case. And I think that Stephen Waterboy Thompson has just a much, much better um, perception of range and control of range uh, than most people in the UFC, more or less Michelle Pereira. Facts. So jumping into the co-main event of the evening, we have Jan Blackowitz coming in against Alex Pajeda. This is a baller banger of a Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Honestly, like I, so I just threw fun. up a poll on the Twitch. Make sure you vote on that if you haven't already. Um, I'm curious to see you guys' thoughts. Honestly, I think again, this is pretty much a freaking pick 'em when it comes down to it, man. Like it's it's a yeah, really, really close fight. I it's literally both minus odds. It can't be more pick 'em. Minus one fifteen yeah. for Jan and minus one oh five for our boy Alex. That's crazy. That's not uh, you don't see that often really don't really don't um the craziest thing about this is the fact that every single time Jan has lost it's been from a big left hook when Alex said that in the press conference I was like oh shoot he's right I went back and looked at it and I was like shit like is that true oh shit (laughs) might be honest we got got Mystic Drew with another prediction in the chat Alex by TKO First Let's round. Go. Oh, does it make Left it out the hook first? Of death. What? That's, I, that's interesting. That's interesting. That is. Oh, you don't think you don't that think is, he'll uh, get the takedowns or try to establish himself in that first round? I mean, it's. That's tough, Drew. I'm, I'm curious to hear your thoughts. Elaborate, brother. You just he's got that much faith in Alex. Is he the next champ? Then I mean. What are we thinking? That's crazy. I mean, that's and that's not bad odds on that. Plus 400 odds currently for a round one finish. Uh, or no, actually, hold on. Plus, oh no, sorry. Plus 180. That makes more sense. I was looking at Wonder Boy versus Michelle Pereira. Okay. <laughs> um, let's see if there's odds for specifically a first round knockout here. Oh, here we go. Um... Okay, Alex Pajeda, first round, is plus 330 right now. Not bad. Those aren't bad odds. Solid. 
Um, I don't know that I would bet those odds, though. Curious to hear your take on this fight. This is an interesting matchup, right? I mean, it's a number one contender fight for this plagued light heavyweight, uh, light heavyweight division. Uh, hopefully, we can break it down a little bit more here in detail. Uh, but obviously, there's one thing for sure is that the winner here has a clear path to the title, right? Um, which it would be a really fun story for our, our boy Alex to go up another weight class to get another title, um, which if we're looking at him, I mean, let's be honest, this guy's probably more naturally a light heavyweight than he is a, a middleweight. The dude's built different. He was killing himself to get down there. We all knew it. Um, but he was somehow able to just you know maintain it, maybe just because he stays in such great shape. Um, yeah, let's call it what it is. You know, as we're watching the countdown, as you're watching the embedded, you know, Jan's going to go in there and try to establish his wrestling. That's his best path to victory, right? It's a mixed martial arts match. It's not a kickboxing match. Hopefully it doesn't turn out that way for Jan, because again, if he can establish that wrestling, if he could go out and neutralize Alex initially, like right from the get, um, then he has a chance, right? But again, can Jan avoid uh, a, a charging Alex Pereira, a, a hydrated, a healthy, a strong kickboxing champion at light heavyweight at this same weight class? You know, can he avoid the the perfectly timed leg kicks, the knees, um, just even the strength? Can he actually get him down? I mean, Jan is strong, but boy, Alex is just built different. You know, and it's and it's one of those things. You we mentioned the left hook. I mean, an example I was trying to think of. It's like it's like if you're if we're playing basketball and my defense isn't good and I just can't get out to the three point line and I'm going up against Steph Curry who has one of the best three point balls in the entire game. It's gonna be a long night for me. Like, that's not not a good thing. It's like Thanos. It's inevitable. You know. So I do think Jan at 41 years old. Frankly, he's, he's going to lack the explosion and the durability that I think he's going to need against a tough Alex Pajeda. Um, Jan is a great kickboxer. That Polish power is no fucking joke. And I do think... At the end of the day, I, I would not be surprised if Jan can can muddy it up, can get um, the, the ground control and, and you know sneak a victory in. But I'm leaning Alex Pajeda here. I'm not going to bend against... Uh, Poetan, he's built different. I do think that um, him training with Glover for so long and Glover sharing the octagon with Jan is going to be the X factor. He knows exactly what to prepare for. Um, he's going to be drilling in very specific scenarios. Hey, Jan's going to be looking for this. Hey, you know Poetan. Hey, champ. I know you're deficient here. Let's let's build this up. Hey, you know he's going to shoot. Let's shoot. Let's practice on it. I think he's too good. I think Alex is damn near unstoppable. Um, I think he's going to win. That's all fine and dandy. And I really like your enthusiasm, <laughs> but I got, uh, you know, my, my job is to do this, you know, just poke, poke at the bear a little bit, poke some holes in every fucking thing you're saying here, buddy. And I love you so much for what you said, because it gives me a leg to stand on and what I'm going to say. And what I'm going to say is the fact that our guy here, our guy, Jan Blakowicz, he's got a 53% takedown accuracy and 68% takedown defense here. Um, here's the thing. He shoots on average 0.97, which is just fucking shy of one takedown per 15 minutes. And that's all fine. That's all dandy because that's all he needs. Okay, this is a title fight, folks. That means it's 25 minutes. Doesn't matter that it's the co-main event of the evening. It's 25 minutes. 
And I think Jan is going to tire this man out. I think he's going to have a different approach than what he had against Izzy because Izzy and Alex are very different fighters. Izzy, we're going to break down first, okay? Putting this hand down because this hand is fucking Alex. Izzy is a poke and prod fighter. If you tuned in yesterday to the episode that got taken down on YouTube because UFC hates when we use their fucking clips, um, then you would have seen this already. But a poke and prod fighter is somebody that pokes and prods that doesn't do a ton of damage until the moment they want to knock you out. And that is exactly, exactly what we're talking about when it comes to Israel Adesanya. He's the type of guy that does not have one-shot power until he knows he's got one-shot power, if you know what I mean. And what I mean is he peppers you up, he peppers you up, he peppers you up until he knows you're already cooked, son. And then right when you think, oh, he doesn't hit that hard. Sleepy time. Time for a nap. Um, that being said, across from the young man known as Jan Blachowicz is Alex Fajeda, who is a completely different beast. He's a man that does have one hit knockout power. The reason I did all this build up, folks, is because Jan is going to come in with a very different game plan when it comes to defeating the beast, the fabled legend, the knockout left hook, Larry Wonder, that is. Alex Pajeda, and what he's going to do is he's going to take him down very early. I think he shoots the first takedown. Two minutes and 48 seconds in. You heard it here first, folks. Two minutes, 48 seconds in. This man is going to shoot a fucking blast double like you have never freaking seen. Okay? It's going to be disgusting. It's going to be beautiful. It's going to be well-timed. I'm going to do multiple chef kisses in the air with my drunk ass on Saturday, <laughs> folks. And I can't wait because that's going to be the beginning of the end for the young man's career in the UFC. He's going to realize that this is not Muay Thai. I love Muay Thai to the point that on the drive home today, Mary asked me, why didn't you ever think about just becoming a Muay Thai fighter instead of focusing on MMA? Which, of course, I responded with as cool as Muay Thai is and as much as I love it and everybody who watches it loves it. There's not a shit ton of money in it. And, uh, you know, as much as I think Buakash should be a household name, he's not really a household name like your John Joneses of the world. So, um, you know, I'll just stick to my sales and marketing life and uh, enjoy doing this for fun with my guy Nano here. But here's the thing, guys. This fight on Saturday, make no mistake, Alex Pereira should fucking pack a lunch because Giannis no pushover, okay? He plays the Witcher for fun, and the man is the Witcher in real life, okay? He is Geralt. He is that guy. He is a dude that is willing to get beat the fuck up to vanquish the guy that he thinks is the evil standing in the opposite realm of him. And that happens to be a young man named Alex Pajeda on Saturday night. This one is going to be one for the books. Don't blink, okay? Because once Jan gets on top, I think it's going to be a nasty situation for the young man standing across from him or rather laying across from him. And he might eat some big elbows and hammer fists for his troubles. There's a path there, 100%. I mean, again, we, we've seen Alex get taken down, even by an Izzy. I mean, he's someone that can get his back taken. I mean, Jan is someone who is going to be bigger, going to be strong. There's paths there. I'm just leaning for the guy that's just built different, honestly. But again, we'll be doing a shot on Saturday. So let's go. Extra juice on it, baby. Dude, honestly, this is a fight that I am extremely stoked on. Um, so and, fun, dude. With that, I mean, as if it couldn't get even more exciting somehow, folks. Here we are, we have arrived. 
We have arrived at the main event of the evening. Let's go. And that the is none other than the baddest motherfuckers in the UFC right now. We've got Dustin the Diamond Poirier coming in against Justin the Highlight, the human highlight, Gaethje. You know, I've got a little bit of bias coming into this. And by a little bit, I mean a whole fucking lot of it. But that's why I'm going to let you lead us out, Nano. Tell us how you feel about this fabled rematch that's been five years in the making. Baddest motherfuckers on the planet, man. Five years in the making. uh, Next in line for the future champ at stake. This is a fun one, right? I mean, there's a lot of uh, similarities here in their uh, paths to this matchup. Same age. Similar walks to get here. One of those uh, Spider-Man pointing at each other. Virtually identical situations here. Um, but Dustin, man, I'm, I'm going to give our boy the nod, right? I mean, his, his durability, his boxing pedigree, his fighting IQ, all of which I think are going to give him the edge, right? And along with his grappling game. I do think if it goes to the ground, let's go. Just <laughs> with the shirt in front of the camera. We know the vibes. We know the vibes around here. I got the hot sauce. That's all I've been eating all week. Ooh, that's a sick card. Oh, that looks great. That, that's a that's like a Polaroid picture. I got it with the uh, bobblehead Christmas ornament of him bloodied up after the fucking uh, first Gaethje fight, I believe, that <sighs> Mary got me for Christmas last year. So sick. Mary we is We do an ornament exchange best. every year, and that was by far, babe, if I had a hat on, I would take it off because hat's off. That's that was probably one of the best ornaments I will ever receive. <laughs> Thanks, Nano. That's awesome. <laughs> Got you. Took my head off there. That's awesome. Yeah, man. I I'll mean, send that's... you a picture of it during Christmas when we hang up the tree. That's savage. Yeah, I'm gonna need an. I, that's awesome. Yeah, the the uh, Christmas ornament exchange is a good one. Me and Amy were talking about trying to build our repertoire. That's a good way to do it there. Um, but yeah, man. Again, Dustin's the guy. He's a dog. He's someone that has all the tools. And I do think, again, when, when it's all said and done, it's going to go down as one of the best boxers, one of the best fighters that we've seen in our generation. Um, now, Justin Gaethje, ah, oh man, a, a personal favorite of mine outside of Dustin. I mean, Justin is one of my personal favorites, um, you know, out, from Colorado, you know, also spent some time here in Arizona. Um, Again, dude, he's a scary individual, like no doubt about it. Even when they were squaring off, I was just shocked to see how much bigger he looked. His his head, his his actual size, like everything he's a about fucking him. Jughead, huh? He's a fucking big dude. Good I was like, Lord. Jesus Christ, he looks big, bro. And stylistically, man, he's a hard puzzle to solve. You know, I mean, his lay kicks are the ultimate neutralizer, right? And Can I think I just Justin tell learned you that. Something about it. Tell me about it. Tell me about it. Dustin Poirier actually has a two-inch reach advantage. The man, the he's man is built like arms. A, he's built like a monkey, bro. Like he, yeah. like they say, it's an ape index. That man's got a hell of an ape index. Yeah, no, he really does. He's built perfectly for fighting. He's said it before. I mean, he's got the exact shape and size for it. Um, you know, and that's the one thing that can truly debilitate Dustin's offense is those freaking leg kicks, right? You know, can to throw up, throw him off his game even just simply taking too much damage, right? I mean, compiling over 25 minutes, you can only take so many late kicks before you just, you know, you switch stance, you do whatever you want. But if you lose power on it, it you know, you're, you're just going to lose steam, right? I mean, you, you debilitate your leg, you're losing, you know, 
not 75, but you're going down to 75%, losing 20% of your steam. And that's I not mean, if, good. If you, if you generate power off of footwork and angle creating, then yeah, you're, you're not wrong, man. Like off of that kind of leg kick deficit that you're eating, you are debilitating yourself quite a bit and you're losing a lot of steam and pressure on everything that you're doing here. But that's the thing. It boils down to who can dig deeper, right? Who can yeah. swim into the deeper waters? Um, and we've seen Dustin be able to do it. We've seen, seen Dustin be able to weather Justin Gaethje's storm, right? Those leg kicks, the barrage of punches, the heavy hands that he has. Dustin returns and can you know, also put you out also. Um, but again, just Dustin Poirier is just the smarter fighter. It's all about legacy here. And, and I do just have to lean with our boy Dustin. But man, Justin Gaethje, this is the best version of him. He is going to be coming in smarter. I'm curious to see what that version of him looks like. It's crazy to think that that fight was five years ago. But they're the similar guys, right? And, I mean, they both have similar wet and, uh, wear and tear on their tires. Um, literally, I think they both fought eight times. They're six and two. Both are interim champ. Like, all these stats are crazy. I Identical. Virtually done. identical. Literally. Literally. The opponents they beat, the opponents they've lost to, you know, they road to get here. And what's ahead of them, I mean, yeah. I mean, everything's on the line. And when it's all said and done, get Ben our boy Dustin, I think, win by decision. I don't think anyone's going to get anyone out of there. But, man, Justin is a scary motherfucker. Also a he baddest really motherfucker. He really is a bad motherfucker. He really is a scary motherfucker. That is absolute facts. And I mean, just if we're looking at the, uh, you know, the, the fight lines here, the flat lines here for the fight, Justin Gaethje's the dog. Um, he's plus 125 coming in and gets a minus 145 um, favorite, but still a dog in Dustin Poirier here. Uh, I, I mean, folks, let's just keep it completely candid here. There's a lot of dogs in the UFC and nobody knows more about dogs than me, except for maybe Nano, who's wrote a whole book on it, folks. Folks, we're talking about dogs here in this podcast, and we Let are talking go. about Dustin Poirier against Justin Gaethje. That is not a real ad, but if it was, fuck, we would kill it, man. Um, let's go. Let's go, guys. Dustin Poirier, we got a diamond coming in. It's a highlight reel, but you know, highlight reels are great. Sometimes you forget about them after a while. You know what they say about diamonds, though? Diamonds are forever. 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 You would, bro, you would, you would think that we fucking rehearsed that. Um, I haven't listened to that song in probably like five years, and Lord knows we've never sang it together. So here we go. Uh, Last in our heads forever. This is going to be an incredible fight. This is really going to be one for the ages. I truly think that Dustin Poirier um, is is going to go down in the record books as one of the funnest lightweights to watch of all time, and definitely one of my favorite fighters to watch of all time in the sport of mixed martial arts and in just combat sports in general. I think Dustin Poirier for me might be up there by the end of this whole legacy um, with the Prince Nassim Hameds of the world. And when it comes to combat sports, he's just such a delight to watch in this sport. 
He's so fun. The skills there, the finesse is there. You, you just love to see it. I think he ends up beating Justin Gaethje. What you said is very true. You said that Justin Gaethje was ringing him with those leg kicks, and those leg kicks are hard to answer. However, what have we seen since that fight? Other than Dustin Poirier learning how to throw leg kicks of his own. And they're not they're not the normal leg kicks. They're the calf kicks of today, right? So he's actually hitting a place where the swelling can't escape. It has no place to go. It makes you feel like your leg is going to explode. Before calf kicks were a big thing in MMA, my Muay Thai, one of my favorite Muay Thai coaches over at AKA, he would he would make us play this leg kick game where you're not allowed to check, you're only allowed to kick or move out of range. And he'd be like, Olin, come to the class, come to the front of the class. Let's show them how to play the leg kick game. And he would just fuck me up, hit me behind the calf. Because I try and move and he just slapped me with his foot. And I'm like, fuck. That sucks, dude. Because yeah, ah, like I'm wearing move. like I'm wearing shin guards. And he's wearing shin guard. He's actually he actually wasn't wearing shin guards. He was coaching a class. What am I talking about? He just hit me with his bone. But like he's hitting me on the place that I don't have a pad. And like even if you're fighting pro, again, like there's no pad. There's no bone there. It's just muscle and tendon, and it sucks. And that's where Dustin hits you. We saw it against McGregor. We saw it in his last couple fights. And, and the biggest thing against McGregor wasn't even that, folks. In that last fight where he broke McGregor's ankle or shin, what happened other than, and you can go to the YouTube channel, look at the shorts, scroll down to Dustin Poirier learns from Khabib. It's on the it's on the YouTube shorts. Don't want to play it here. Don't want to piss off uh, UFC and get DMC8 again. But here's the thing. In the fight against Khabib, Khabib elbow checked him. I've been elbow checked while training AKA. It sucks dick, bro. It's and not in the good way. It just sucks. It's not fun. It feels terrible. Mary used to be able to play connect the stars with the hematomas on my freaking shin bone, folks. Like, it's not fun. It doesn't feel great. I'd rather get punched in the jaw. I promise you. 10 times rather than eat an elbow check or a leg check. And Dustin Poirier has gotten very efficient at both. So let me tell you, the second Justin throws a leg kick and gets checked, he's going to think, fuck, let me switch to the body. And then when he throws a body, and for those of you watching the video, check this out. This is what's going to happen. It's that quick of a twitch moment, guys. He's literally go. just going <laughs> to dig that elbow out and elbow check the fuck out of that shin and you know what yep. when it hits yeah it's going to hurt Poirier but it's also going to hurt Gaethje and what's going to happen is Gaethje's going to hesitate from throwing those strikes and that's going to set up a lot of beautiful boxing from the man the myth the diamond the Louisiana legend Dustin Poirier folks I think Dustin Poirier gets this one done I think he gets it done in emphatic fashion and I think he sets up a title match against Islam Makachev trying to right that wrong against Khabib. And I think he takes the fight in fucking Abu Dhabi. Oof. Oof. Why not? I mean, honestly, it might be on local turf. I mean, I think they're fighting. Ooh, let's go. I think uh, <laughs> I think Charles is fighting. Uh, Islam's fighting Charles in Abu Dhabi. So, I mean, if he wins, I guess we they all can watch run it that back first there. Fight. But I don't think Charles has improved a whole lot, and I don't think Islam needs to. So we'll see if it plays out the exact same as the first one, which I do think it does. And I've been the first to tell you, and I'll be the last to tell you, Islam is better than Khabib. But styles make fights. And stylistically, his finish first style is not the right style for, for a Dustin Poirier. The drowning style that Khabib presented was perfect. Yeah. 
No, you're out of bounds. No, again, I mean, I, I, I do think it's like the winner of this is on a collision course to fight Islam. They both have a bone to pick, right? I mean, they both have that same motivation. They're looking at Islam as a mini Khabib. They want, you know, to right that wrong. And that's crazy that they both lost to him. Um, or, you know, actually, yeah, yeah, they both lost to Khabib. So, again, I mean, it's <sighs> vengeance, right? They, they both know what's at stake here. I just, man, again, Justin has looked so freaking good. Like that fight against uh, Rafael Fasiv, another talented fighter in the division, someone who has a lot of tools, who presents a lot of problems. He was able to find a way out of it and do it a smart way and not take that much damage. <laughs> you know, maybe this fight will be slow to start. I'm curious to see how offensive Dustin will be because, you know, he I, I feel like he usually wants to be a little more counter, you know, doesn't want to, you know, overextend himself. So, you know, how is it going to look to start off? Who's going to win those early couple rounds? Um, but I think as it goes on, it's going to favor our boy Dustin Poirier. I think he gets better as the rounds go on, as he accumulates a little bit more, as he gets a little bit in a better flow. Justin, as of recent, has looked similar. So, again, it's tough, man. Did you take that but shot, by the way? I didn't. I didn't. I was waiting on you. I didn't know if you were poured up or not. I'm ready. Let's go, brother. Cheers to the Good Cheers, Fight Foundation. Yo. Let's go. So, I have a caveat to what you said there. Justin Gaethje has looked better as of recently, and he has looked much smarter as far as his fight IQ, but in the fights that he's looked exceptionally better, those have been in the apex. Smaller octagon. Smaller octagon and no crowd. He's able to hear his coach, and he's usually gets himself in a bad situation when the crowd eggs him on. True. That's true. No, and that's the thing. I think he's going to get fired up, and I think that's where Justin's going to go wrong. Oh, sorry. No, I was just saying, I think that's where Justin's going to go wrong. He's going to get fired up. He's going to get amped up. That competitor in him is going to want to take over. Even if he feels like he gets Dustin hurt, he's still going to maybe rush in a little bit quicker than he should, and that's where he's going to leave himself a little overexposed. Absolutely. I I think he's definitely going to leave himself a little bit overexposed. I think he's going to overindulge in the striking game just a little bit. And I I think it's going to prove to be his downfall. And I mean, here's the thing. In the fights in the apex, he was able to hear his coach and he was able to calm down. Literally, he went into the third or fourth round against that Tony Ferguson fight. Super juiced. And what does his coach say? Last time you were this excited, what happened? And he literally said, I got knocked out twice. Like, he was hey, talking about the Dustin Poirier fight in one of those. Mm. He literally went into the that the corner of that fight, and I if I I might be fucking this up. Uh, Drew, I know if you're still in the fucking chat, you'll correct me if I'm wrong. So please call me out if I'm wrong here. But I think it was in the Dustin Poirier fight um, where he went into the corner and he was like, "I landed a did you see that? I landed a head kick," and he was like super psyched. He's sitting down, he's like, "You see that? I landed a head kick," and his coach is like, "Trevor Whitman's like, dude, fucking calm down, breathe." We're still in a fight. And then he <laughs> did that same thing, and that's what led to that conversation in the Tony Ferguson fight. He's like, did you see that? I was fucking sick. I lined him up. And he's like, do you remember? Do you remember like, the last time remember the game sat plan? down yep. like this? Yeah. And he's like, yeah, I got knocked out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he got super psyched. He landed head kick at Dustin Poirier, and then Dustin Poirier is like, try it again, bro. <laughs> like, yeah, you're right about it. That double left hook followed by the fucking right hand. I was talking to Mary about this. Um, Another layer, another wrinkle to the to the facade here, folks. 
Dustin Poirier, something that a lot of people don't realize about him, he fights Southpaw. Okay, that's, sorry, spoiler alert, that's not what a lot of people don't realize about him. If you notice that the man's standing with his right hand forward, you notice that he's fighting Southpaw. What you might not know about him if you don't do the research, though, and if you're a new fan of MMA, I don't expect you to know this kind of thing, the man is not left-handed. His power hand is actually his right hand, but he fights Southpaw which is a very interesting kind of dichotomy to fighting. And it adds an extra layer to what you have to prepare for. Because if I'm fighting a, or or for that matter, I'm sparring, let's say that I'm fucking rich and preparing for this fight as Justin Gaethje, I hire Errol Spence Jr. as my sparring partner. He's southpaw. Perfect. But his power hand is his left hand. Even though he might even be a better boxer, which he should be because he's a fucking professional boxer, and Dustin Poirier is an MMA fighter professionally. Levels and caveats to that stuff, folks. Um, Even if he is a better boxer than DP, it's different because DP is able to now land power with both hands, and that's not something that most people have the ability to do. Dustin Poirier, as you saw in the fight against Justin Gaethje, he's able to snap that jab so fucking hard it sucks when you eat somebody's jab. And and let me tell you, like, again, you'll hear me say this a lot in this podcast. My favorite Muay Thai coach, and this might change now that I'm training again, right? Candidly, I really am liking uh, Aaron so far. Coach Aaron, shout out to Victory MMA. Let's but go. Back in the AKA days, my favorite Muay Thai coach, one of my first Muay Thai coaches was Tomas Nomas Dion. And um, love Nomas, man. He was a beast. No bullshit kind of coach. And on Saturday sparring, he had a rule of thumb. You start off sparring with whoever the hell you want to start off sparring with, but every five-minute round, you get 30 seconds to a minute break, and then after that, you're going with someone new today that you haven't gone with. That was a great rule of thumb. And what's crazy about it is if you go from sparring with someone like an Errol Spence Jr. that's lighting you up with the left hand because they're a fucking lefty and they're a southpaw, and then you go with Dustin Poirier next, you're like, oh, you know what? I'm ready. I'm adapted. I'm acclimated here. He's this this guy, Errol. He's been lighting me up with the fucking left hand. I'm ready. This guy's standing, same front facing, right hand, ready to go. And then all of a sudden, he hits you with a jab. And you realize at that moment, holy shit, maybe this guy's not a lefty. Because that jab didn't feel like a test. It felt like it really fucking hurt. And, and that's where Dustin Poirier stuns these folks. When you're fighting somebody and you get hit by a jab, it's supposed to test the range for the cross. It's supposed to test the range for the hook, for the spinning back wheel kick, for whatever. If you're fighting Giga Chikadze, the jab is only a setup to test range for the Giga kick. Okay, <laughs> folks, like that's how it works. But when you find somebody like that, that that's a true MMA anomaly, Let's like go. Dustin Poirier, he leads with a hand that has power, but the fucked up thing is his, his backhand has power too. Yep. So if you dodge one, you're eating the other. We saw it happen in the Conor McGregor fight, and it was brilliant to watch. Sorry, Drew. I know that that was a tough day for you, but man, (laughs) your boy loved it. The spicy wings were killing me, but the fights were thrilling me. (laughs) Worth every bit. (laughs) Yeah, man. I mean, Dustin, he he has power, man, and he keeps it throughout the five rounds. He gets better, like I said, throughout the fight as it goes, right? I mean, he starts to compile. And he can only take so much of those shots because everyone's clean. It, it's he has that good pox and pedigree. Everything's balanced. Everything has purpose. Doesn't look like it's much, but it's hurting you. That's how good he is. That's our guy. Absolute facts. 
I mean, he, he's, he's a beast, man. He's an absolute beast. There's a reason that he's one of my favorite fighters of all time, not just of recent time, of all time, folks. Like, the guy is just an absolute stud. He's somebody that can get it done anywhere the fight goes. And again, like, I, I truly think that this is going to be a really great fight. I don't think it's going to be an easy fight for him by any means. But I do think it's going to be a, a fight that he is able to win. I do think that it's going to be a fight that he has the edge in, and I do think... That it's going to be a fight that if you're a betting man, woman, or somewhere in between, you should probably bet on Dustin fucking Poirier, folks. Facts. Because diamonds are forever. Forever. Um, and speaking of which, guys, um, this is the first episode where we actually have not prepared a bet versus bet setup. Um, but I think we're are we gonna do it on the flow on the on the fly live? It might as well. Might as well. All right, folks. Well, I guess we're gonna go ahead and do this live. So let's, let's figure go. it the fuck out. The Blackado just threw in. I think he's trying to join in on the bet versus bet this week. He oh. threw one hundred ninety-one dollars and sixty-three whole cents. On Justin Gaethje. Very and I got to tell you, that might be the worst spend of $191.63 whole since I've ever seen in my whole life, Black Otto. Fucking <laughs> betting against the Dustin, the Diamond of Louisiana. Um, I'm going to I'm gonna just go ahead and go through here. Let's see. Uh, let me go ahead and just change the backdrop here for us. Something. Let's, let's go something just kind of generic. Boom. There we go. Nice. There we go. We're in the octagon. We're battling. We're in the octagon. We're back. We're back, baby. And uh, let's go ahead and just share my screen. We'll go ahead and open up the DraftKings Sportsbook odds here. So I, I actually was putting one together while you were going over your breakdown for Gagey versus Poirier. This is what I'm thinking. Okay, folks. I'm thinking Matthew the Jedi semi Simmelsberger. Minus 205. Jake Matthews. Okay. Gabriel Bonfim. Jan Blachowicz. And Dustin Poirier. Okay. We are talking about a plus 780 point odds parlay. Okay. We got a couple of places to hit here, but we're trying really, really hard, folks. To just bet with our brains and not our hearts here. That's why I avoided a select couple of fights, which you probably noticed. Um, another of the fights that I avoided is Miranda Maverick versus Priscilla Cochoeira because in Google, it's not even showing Priscilla's face or name. Don't know if that one's going to happen. Pretty scared about it. So, yeah. No, no, I think that's going to be my picks, man. I think I'm going to go Matthew Simmelsberger minus 205, Jake Matthews minus 245. Gabriel Bonfim, minus 330. Jan Blackowicz, minus 110. And Dustin Poirier, minus 145. This might be the first time I'm going all favorites for my bet versus bet fix. But Ooh. I'm going to go ahead and put a solid three units on it. Oh, let's go. I like it. Spicy. So we're That's gonna a good go, one, brother. Yeah, we're going to go three units on it. And uh, that is... Three to win. Let me do some quick math here. So three units to win 26.4. 
Uh, nice. That's a pretty hefty fucking return. Dude, that's solid. That's yeah. solid. So, so we're going to go three to win 26.4 units. Um, I'm happy. I'm happy. I think that's good. I'm and looking then, real quick here. Yeah. Because I, I... It's hard to pick some of these fights. One, they're really close. Or two... Like putting a Ferguson or something in there to parlay, I'm like, oh, I don't feel good about it. I don't feel. I good don't feel about good it. about it. Let me uh, <laughs> let me go ahead and reshare my screen here. Let's see. Present share screen, and then I'll go ahead and clear the odds here. Boom, boom. So you you tell me where do you want me to click? Where are we setting up here? Okay. Got the odds open on screen for you. So we got Miranda Maverick versus Priscilla Cochera. You you putting money on that? Um, I don't or think let I'm me start with this. One. Are you thinking money lines? Or are you thinking uh, round props? I'm gonna get a little crafty here. I'm gonna get a little All crafty. Right, let's hear it. I'm excited about it. I'm gonna take one of the bigger favorites, but. Again, it's our guy. It's one of the better Bonfim brothers. I'm going to take Ooh. Gabriel Bonfim, minus 330. But that's the only fighter I'm going to take at this point because, again, I don't want to bet with my heart on the main card. So I think I'm going to take the under 1.5 for Alex Pereira and Jan because it is plus odds. And there's a good chance that if Alex is going to win, it's going to be like right away. Well, we're already at plus odds with two picks, my guy. So I'm liking it. Last but certainly not least. 186. And I'm curious to see how this looks parlayed, but let's see if we take the over on Dustin Poirier and Gaethje. You're hitting plus 391 odds. I think I like this. Might have to drop a uni on it. I might have to drop a uni on it. Get back a few unis, but that feels pretty good to me. I mean, it's it's a one for five trade off there, so not bad. Or, or one one for like yeah, about one for one for five. Let's see, yeah, one for five, man. That's safe. I got it. I just got to get on the plot positive here. I'm taking this. That's pretty. I'm gonna drop five on it right safe. now. I got five on it. I got five on it. Under man. two point or over two point five in the main. I got hey, five yeah. on it. Messing with that in the weed. Bro. I got I like five it. on it, but I can't bet on Justin Gagey. <laughs> oh, that's tough. I want to, but send me yours again when you have a chance. Yep. I sent it on Instagram. So we got Matthew nice. Simmelsberger. I'll go ahead and read it out to you. That way it's easy. Nice. So we got Matthew Simmelsberger, money line. We got Jake Matthews, money line. We got Gabriel Bonfim, money line. We got Jan Blakowicz, money line. And we got Dustin Poirier. Actually, before you place that, let me look at something real quick. Okay. Okay. I, uh, let, me, let me just look at something real quick here. <clears throat> I might, I might have something sweet. We got Matthew money line for sure. We got Matthew's money line for sure. Monfim money line, I think for sure. Now here's the ones I'm interested in. 
coolers. Oh, you know what? That's safer. Black Oaks over 1.5 is pretty fucking safe. But let me see what the Dustin Poirier knockout is. Ooh. TKO <laughs> knockout is not a bad idea. Seen it once before. Just see. Okay, hold on. What does that bring it up to for the odds here? Okay, that brings us up to plus 1151 on odds. Whoa. I'm going to throw. Okay, yeah, we're going to change the game, folks. We're going to change the game here. Um, let me just share my, let me just share the screen here. I think I may have just crafted a master craft and I'm going to throw in a secondary fail safe here. We're going to, we're going to hedge some bets folks. So we're going to do Matthew, the Jedi Simmelsberger money line minus two Oh five. Okay. Jake Matthews minus two forty five money line. Gabriel, the better bone fiend brother by a very small margin minus three thirty favorite in this one. We're going Jan Plakowicz, Alex Pajeda. Over one and a half rounds, folks. You know it's going to hit. Dustin Poirier to win by TKO, KO, or DQ. Okay, plus 175. We're throwing three units on it. Okay, three units on that one. And that is going to net us. Let's see here. 37.4 units instead. I like that. I like 37 a lot better than 26. So we'll take that. So uh, three units to win 37. Very solid return on units there. And then how are we going to hedge our bets here is something that I know folks are wondering. What is kind of the, the, the path to victory here if something else is not going to work out? Okay, and here's the thing. We're going to go ahead and place, and, and I know you're going to think I'm a little bit crazy because you're trying to get net positive I'm playing with house money, so I'm going a little bit fucking wild here, Nano. Let's go. Um, just being candid, I had some bets that I placed with you off the books, and you know we hit a little bit. We're playing with house money at this point. Come We're on. putting four units on Dustin to win by sub. Oh, I like it. I like it a lot. Don't be silly. Jump the gilly. <laughs> Jump the gilly now. He could get a back. He can get a neck. <sighs> Bro, yes. I mean, what the heck? Take the neck, bro. You know it's gonna happen. You know the vibes. So yeah, we're gonna place we're gonna place four four units on DP by sub. I got a feeling. I got a hooked on a feeling. Dun, 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 dun. Dustin's got me believing. Boom, 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 boom. He's gonna get a gilly. I'm hooked on a feeling. <laughs> Let's go. Oh, I see you. Oh, I see man. you, player. Bro, I'm excited oh, we're about this it. week. We're hitting this week. At least one of us is. That's a fucking fact. That's a fact. We're covering our bases. So, I mean, come on. We are very musical this episode. And you know what it is? It's Amy with the feedback. I appreciate it. Amy joined an episode. She hit us with some feedback. She said she really liked the vocals. And you know me. You stroke the ego one time, and I'm going to give you a reason to stroke it every five. I'll purr like Let's a kitty. Go. Come on now. Let's go. Talk to Let's me. Let's go. <laughs> uh, so we're going to keep the music going as long as you guys don't complain about it and you like it. And also, I know if you haven't tuned into the Black Hottos Twitch, 
very musically inclined young man. He was uh, hitting higher notes that I didn't know he could hit, and he touched me in places I haven't been touched in many years with those notes. That's that's the best. That's the best. I love being touched in those places. You know what I'm saying? They just they get the they get the vibes going. They get the fucking energy going. Folks, Let's go. Seriously, I am I am just riding an absolute high right now. Call it the shots, but realistically, it's probably the Muay Thai class back at 5:30, which seems like a fucking age ago now. <laughs> but the real reason is that paired with the fact that I get to see just a beautiful display of skilled violence on Saturday. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, fight fans of all shapes, size, ages, makes, forms, days, thems, every, whatever, which way you go. As long as you enjoy mixed martial arts, we enjoy you. And um, if you don't, we'll get you one day to enjoy this. I promise. There's a fighter for everyone. Um, Either which way, we appreciate the fact that you guys joined us on your Thursday, a.k.a. the Friday Junior of the Week. Nano, talk to the people, man. Give them what they want. Let's go. Thank y'all for tuning in. Uh, hey, we'll see you Saturday. Looking forward to sharing it with y'all. We have a couple shots we'll be doing for show. But uh, hey, brother, it's been another great episode. Can't wait for this Saturday. Let's go. Let's go, baby. If UFC. you're new to the channel, Woo. if you're old to the channel, it doesn't matter. Like, comment, subscribe, smash that bell for notifications. And if you're listening to this on the podcast only version, Make sure you drop a review on Spodcast or Apple Podcasts or whatever your respective podcast listening service is. We appreciate you. We love you. And as always, keep the passion for mixed martial arts alive, folks. We fucking love you guys. We'll see you next week.